0: And all of a sudden he says, I'm going to suck on your breast. I'm going to suck on oh, your breast." You breasts. stupid son of a <laughs> And the
1: guy gets up, jizzes all over us, or tries to rather. It made
2: me feel
3: like the both of us were connected in some way. The more I looked way. at her,
2: the more I came to realize.
1: He starts taking the blanket off. He
4: takes off the sweater. And it's...
2: And it got to the point it was like I had to go,
5: you know, I had to go outside. You know, and, and somebody was saying, no, no, this thing's going to skyline.
3: I'm Christina Baez, and you're listening to The Subway Portraits. This is our first episode. So if you're listening right now, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy listening to these stories as much as I did. And if you like them, subscribe. On today's episode, I'll be sharing seven stories that were submitted to us. These are going to range from someone's experience in the subway during 9-11, someone taking a risky dare, and another being reunited with a loved one. I think we should just jump right in. What a day.
0: So one day, while I'm on the number one train, I'm standing there by the door, and I happen to look to the side, and I see this guy standing between the cars of the train. And I'm saying to myself, well, I hope he's okay, because he was bleeding from his forehead. And he's struggling to open the door to come in to the wagon where, you know, where we were at. At this point, everybody else is looking that way to where he's at because he's trying to, he's fumbling with the door, trying to open it. Something wasn't right. But anyway, he managed to open the door. He walked in. He starts walking to where I'm at, my way. He starts walking till he gets there. When he gets there, he's looking at me, looking at me. And all of a sudden he says, I'm going to suck on your breast. i want to suck on your breast now. So I'm saying, oh, no, this guy has mental issues. There is something definitely wrong with him. So, you know, I said, let me just walk away. Let me walk away. My, my stop is the next stop. I'll just get off and, and leave it at that. No, he kept harassing me and harassing me. This guy had to stand between me and him, defending me and telling this guy, why are you bothering this lady? Leave her alone. What's wrong with you? Are you okay? You're bleeding. What's wrong with you? No, he's just reaching over this guy, trying to grab onto me, trying to grab onto me. In the meantime, I, I'm moving to the right, moving to the left. Yeah, it was like a boxing match. But anyway, the train pulls into my station. I thank the guy that was helping me out. I run upstairs, literally, to catch the end train. And, and I managed to get up there. And the train was pulling in. The end train was pulling in. I run into the train. I sit down, take a deep breath, and I said, "Oh my god! Oh, thank goodness! You know that's over with." I'm sitting there on the end train, and all of a sudden, there's a commotion on the on on the next cart next to you know to where I'm at, and I hear women screaming. I hear guys, you know, like fighting and and carrying on. I said, "Oh my god! Now what?" what's going on? I happened to look to the side, you know, because the the, the women's, they opened the door, they was crying, they were screaming. The guy had managed, I don't know if he was ran after me or what, but he managed to get on the train that I was on. The same guy I left on the number one train. And he's swinging and he's bleeding more from his head. He's cursing people. Out and the people are running to the to the cart where I'm at. I'm getting up. I'm running to the, the following cart. When the train stops, I run out. Literally, I run up the stairs. I'm I stop a cab and took my cab to work. I said, Oh my god, what a day.
3: unforeseen reunion.
2: About 20 years ago, maybe 19 years ago, I um, used to take the 1-9. There isn't even a 9 train anymore, but I used to take the 1-9 to work um, at my first job in Chelsea. And um, I was on the train one day and I saw a woman sitting across from me um, and she looked familiar and she was sort of glancing at me also, and I was trying to place why she looked familiar. And, uh, the more I looked at her, the more I came to realize it was my estranged aunt, um, my, my aunt Rita, who I hadn't seen since I was a kid. Um, my aunt had a lot of, a lot of different kinds of problems. Um, and, uh, you know, drug problems and whatnot, and had uh, stopped talking to my mother and the rest of our family. And a lot of people didn't really know her whereabouts. Um, I was pretty sure it was her, but we didn't say anything to each other. And uh, one of us, or I don't know who got off the train first, but, um, you know, a couple of months later, the same thing happened. Uh, I was riding the train. I saw her. I didn't think she saw me this time, but I got off the train And um, we got off at the same stop, actually, and I approached her on the street corner and I said hello to her and do you remember me? And she started crying and hugged me and we talked and she asked how my family was and how my brothers were and um, I asked her for her phone number because I figured my mom would want to talk to her and would want to You know find out how she was doing so she gave me her phone number and um, a couple days later you know I gave it to my mom and a couple days later when my mom tried to call it was a wrong number Um, didn't see that aunt again for probably 15 years she showed up at my grandmother's funeral and um, that was the last time I've seen her
3: All eyes on me.
6: It all started in 1990s, late 90s, late 1990s, on the F-train platform in Delancey, waiting for the F-train. I was waiting there. I was asked, for, as a dare, to sit on the platform, have my legs dangling towards the train tracks, And, um, see how long I could wait before the train comes, how close it could get to my leg, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, I'll take the dare and I waited. Train's coming through the tunnel, see the lights. Like, okay, I'm going to wait till it gets real close. Do what I got to do. Next thing I know, train's coming. Hear it. Then I hear. The brakes of the train, the conductor pulls up, pulls down the window, screaming, cursing. Looks like you play football, you stupid son of a bitch. want to be able to walk ever again? You're going to be legless. How you going to play then? He let me have it from there. So, there, yeah, I'm a little embarrassed. Then when I look up the platform, everyone that's waiting for the train is looking at me and looking at the situation and what was happening. So I came out of there with my legs intact. And with this story to tell, it could have been a different story.
3: (laughs) A parent's love.
4: All right. So I was at DeKalb Avenue Station in Brooklyn. And I was on my way to Manhattan. um, And I got on the Q train. And there was this man next to me um, in the car and he was just sitting holding his child and his child had like a blanket and like a sweater over him and he was just kind of like caressing it um, and occasionally giving a little kiss on his head. And I was like, that's sweet. And I had my book out, whatever. After a few minutes, you know, we had to go underground. It's, It's a long ride. So after a few minutes, he starts taking the blanket off, he takes off the sweater and it's a puppet a bright orange fuzzy puppet on his lap he takes out a brush and starts brushing it starts talking to it um and still giving little kisses and caresses and i was like what the fuck is going on right now and you again we're underground it's a long it's a long and i'm like what am i going to I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I should look. I didn't know if I should just mind my business and keep reading. But it was hard to ignore, like, this bright orange puppet. And how I really was so convinced that it was his child um, in the beginning. <laughs> and and to realize that it was just an, an inanimate object. I was like, oh, no. Um, so, you know, we get closer and closer to the next station. He starts to stand up. He goes up to another person on the subway and starts, like, talking to him through the puppet. Um, it was just very weird and I just automatically knew I'm like I don't really want to be here I don't want to interact with this guy Uh, it, uh, it was just very strange <laughs> so I got off at the next station and went to a different car and I didn't see that man again but I just never forgot that because I really truly believed that he was with his child and I was so convinced like oh this is so sweet you know like he's like sitting there with his kid like he seems to really like You know, they seem to have a good relationship, but, like, I I mean, he has a good relationship with his bright orange fuzzy puppet, so.
3: (laughs) Still to come, a strange connection, a person trapped underground, and a sticky situation. But before we get to those, if you're remembering your own personal experience on the subway, then share it with us on our site at www.thesubwayportraits.com. You can do it from your cell phone, your laptop, desktop, and your story can make it on the show. So join our community, help build this living history, and don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast. You may hear your story in a future episode, and you wouldn't want to miss out on that. literary connection. Before the mandatory quarantine in 2020, I was on the Uptown 1 train. I was sitting next to this man reading a book while I was reading a book. It made me feel like the both of us were connected in some way. We were the only two on the train. I think of him from time to time. I wonder what he's reading now. that eerie silence.
5: okay so uh on september 11th 2001 i uh dropped my wife and uh my daughter off uh at my mother-in-law's house i took the uh the um, one train down to the city because usually i park my car at the parking lot then i take the train to go into uh all the way down to the world trade center uh, train uh stayed on on the uh train, uh, the one train, up to 42nd, was going to cross over to the two or three for the express, and decided to stay on the one for whatever reason, just, I was already running late, so what's, what's the difference? So as, uh, as the train went down to uh, Chamber Street, uh, the one train, uh, the PA went uh, on the speaker system, said the train would no longer go further. Then, didn't mention what was going on, didn't know, so I actually just crossed over the platform and took the two train to get to uh, Pine Street. So as I was going on, on the ground, went to Pine Street, took that train into the... I um, uh, got get off at Pine Street and then we walked, uh, as I was walking to the concourse level, one of my coworkers just kind of snuck up behind me and she says, yeah, um, you're late. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not late. You know, you're late because I know who your boss is. So, you know, you you better hurry up and get to work. So as I was uh, going uh, from the uh, from the train um, platform to the concourse area at the World Trade Center, the second plane hit huge vibration, shook everything. The cops are telling me to go back into the train station. So I went back into the train station. Did not know what was going on. Um, we waited uh, just a little bit of time. But it was eerily silent. Uh, there was a bit um, some light at the uh, end of the exit. I waited for a few minutes, and then it got to the point It was like I had to go, you know, I had to go outside, you know, and, and somebody was saying, no, no, there's things falling from the sky. I'm like, what the heck is going on? So we waited a little while longer. And uh, it was um, eerily quiet. Walked out and uh, right onto Church Street. Uh, Right across the street is World Trade Center. Looked up, big hole in the building, Um, smoke everywhere. And the rest is uh, history. I mean, we all know what happened on that day. That was uh, essentially my train ride. First plane that already had hit. I wasn't aware of it uh, until the second train, uh, second plane hit. So um, that's my most memorable experience on the train.
3: The wet seat.
1: So I was on the Q train with my friend uh, probably late nineties, early two thousands. And it was, uh, the Q train Manhattan bound from Sheepshead Bay. So we get on the train and at some point, this guy is sitting in like the two seater facing the back of the train. So I'm facing him. My friend is sitting in front of me So she can't see him, but I see him over her shoulder. And I could have sworn he had his hands in his pants. And then I told her and then she turned around and she's like, no, I don't think so. And then she turned back to me and then I was like, I think that guy's jerking off. And she was like, what? And then all of a sudden we get to Kings Highway and the guy gets up. Jizzes all over us, or tries to, rather. He didn't get us. He jizzed in our direction and walks right off the train. And his jizz was on uh, the seat next to me. And we were absolutely mortified. And then people started getting on the train. So King's Highway on the Q train, Manhattan bound is rather early in the route. So it's kind of empty ish, um, at least this on the day that we were on it or the time that we were on it anyway. So people started going on. So we're like, yeah, you probably, yeah, you, know, you don't want to sit there. Don't sit there. And then at some point the car starts to fill up and we were just like, oh, well, and then eventually someone sat in it, but it was absolutely mortifying and yeah.
3: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed these stories, then hit subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Episodes are released every other Sunday. Ride with us. Until then.